0: On today's episode, Jesse and I want to bring you the intro, season three, episode one of the Faith Chair podcast. Jesse and I want to share with you what transpired over the summer for us both. We also want to let you know what's coming down the pike for the rest of the season of this podcast. So we hope you're ready. Let's get into it. Yo, 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 what's good, good people? We are back. It is Share Friday. It's actually a Friday. And it's uh we're sitting in the studio and I don't have AC in my house. Most houses in Seattle don't have AC, but um this room gets pretty warm. And uh, I was gonna keep the fan on for Jesse because I didn't want to overheat him. He just walked to the house. I don't wanna I don't want to mess you up with the with how hot it is. <laughs> But uh, we're doing good. It's yeah. a it's a it's a nice awesome cool day right, today.
1: Man. I pre I preached on that 109 degree degrees. You did, so didn't you? Of course it wasn't 109 degrees. Luckily, 10 o'clock service, but uh, it was plenty hot. It, it was, was still warm. That was, was in about, Des Moines. No, no, that's Sunday I was at City View. The, and they it was probably know, about a, I don't know 87 and 100 Ooh. 100
0: percent humidity
1: because that swamp cooler. Yeah. Woohoo. My first time ever preaching with with a preacher's towel, y'all. I had oh. a preacher's towel because I was sweating, just ridiculous.
0: That's like so preaching. I was waving in, it around. That's like preaching in the desert, yo. I felt extra, extra holy, extra, extra energy, spiritual, you know, extra. You was a bishop. That
1: towel, I was whipping it
0: around. Only bishops have <laughs> towels. <laughs> bishop Jesse, um, but we are back to season three. Season I can't even three. believe it. Season three, we ended season two on a on a pretty on a pretty dope note, and um, we got some great episodes coming up. Um, Pardon
1: me, you wanted to hold that one to kick off this for, season, for this but one, I yeah, yeah I was like, I can't hold it that long. Yeah. You know, and Sister Helen was, you know, expecting she was to waiting for it, it, it get put out there, uh-huh. so I was like, aww. Pretty but exciting. Was definitely a nice, I mean, that was a high note to end. Season two, on for sure.
0: <laughs> it was pretty exciting. I, I was really, really excited about that. But I'm even more excited about what's coming down the pike for season three. Uh, you guys have some exciting things. The Parkers have some exciting yeah. things happening in their lives. Uh, the Niblacks got some stuff happening, and um, so this episode, this first episode, we wanted to kick off uh, much like we did with episode two, uh, uh, season two, episode one. Just what was going on? Yeah. Uh, all that was happening with us. Jesse's book is almost finished. Is. Uh, his father's book is now published. Yeah. Uh, which is which is pretty dope. Um, and I just finished the audiobook for uh, "Follow okay. Me."
1: I was wondering. It's been, it's just been finished been on it.
0: that one. I finished it. What's today? Today's Friday. I finished it on Monday. Okay. Monday night. Um, because I did a. I did a interview at the end of the book to just talk about it and and all that stuff. And so, I was waiting for the person to be available, and um, we got that done. Now, going through the ed- editing process, listening and all that stuff. So, pretty excited um, cool. about I'm that. I'm still undecided on mine. It's I just think you so should. Long. I it's think you
1: should. So long. It's gonna take me like a Do year.
0: it in. Do it in. Uh. In uh by chapters. Do it by chapters. Oh, it yeah. should take. It shouldn't take too long. I got 30 chapters. It shouldn't chapters. take too long. 30 chapters? Technically 31. But it's not like a. It's not over 500 pages, though. Over 300 pages, is it? I don't think so. <laughs> You're good. At least not in the, the larger size. <laughs> I'm,
1: if I was printing it in, like, the. Uh, whatever the novel size is, yeah. it would probably would be over 300
0: pages. You're probably good, though. You, you could probably knock it out um, with no issue. But here we are episode one season three and we are going to talk about what is happening in our lives right now some like I said we have some awesome episodes to come but right now we're just gonna kick it off with this and let's start with uh with my boy JP j JP born for uh, for JC <laughs> bro so what's going on? With the Parkers. Like, what, what's happening now, and what was the catalyst for um, for all this going on right now? Yeah, man.
1: Uh, it's a season of transition. Yes. Yeah. You know, it's funny, because it's, it's a season of transition for a lot of people in our lives yeah. right now. Uh, we have some good... We Our brother and his family, it's like, you know, we... Uh, stay in communication. When they were in Montana, we are Facetiming them. They're mm-hmm. in town right now, so we've been hanging out with them. And like, your brother, yeah, yeah. Well, on Jen's side. Oh, oh, oh okay. And uh, um, it's we were laughing because we're like, dude, it's like, why is our journeys like mirroring each other wow. step for step right now? And um, it's just it's just been crazy. So, you know, definitely, definitely big transitions. I mean, the biggest news for. Those listening, uh, who don't know yet from social media, is so my wife and I uh left our full time paid staff position mm-hmm. um at City View Church on July 11th, and uh, we're we're following what God has put on our heart to, mm-hmm. to do in terms of ministry, and so I mean, so much of it has to do with so much of what we talk about, yeah, you know, it's a. Uh, I was talking to you about it. Like yeah, yeah. it feels like it's happening so fast, but yeah. then you know, actually, be, I was thinking. Like I feel like your text was intentional, without yeah, yeah, me yeah. realizing why it was intentional, because it allowed me to have that kind of revelation. Wow, which helped me find a little bit of extra peace of yeah, like, yeah. yeah, no, this this is like this is like the birthing process, which yeah. when you know I was talking about, you know, when a woman gives birth, that. You know, those hours, however yeah. long or short they are, seem so fast in the in the scope of the mm-hmm. nine plus months of carrying the child, right? Right, right. And, and so, like, if someone just looked at the birthday, oh, that happened so fast. But, mm-hmm. if, like, you don't realize all the preparation and the time and everything that went into that moment yeah. of birthing, right? And you and know so, what I
0: just thought of when you said that is the fact that you guys felt like you should have left a while back
1: right
0: so this it would seem fast in that uh uh in 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 that frame yeah of mind if you're, if you're speaking about well we felt like god said we should have left then then this would have been like it would have been like well why'd you take so long to start this new thing <laughs> but right. it's like no we actually had to leave and now we're transitioning into yeah. this new thing yeah when it was the the right time anyway right you know? it, and it's, it's definitely totally
1: god's timing because yeah. like we were we were coming to the realization that god was saying it was time to to take this step and of course in your flesh you want that transition to be easy mm-hmm. you want it to be comfortable you're thinking mm-hmm. about finances so we were kind of like in my flesh i was and my wife we were like well let's let's transition at the end of the year yeah let's wrap up the year you know transition that gives us uh, this was like June. We started to really feel the urgency start happening. So we're like, you know, it like gives us six months, you know. And then the Lord was kept saying, "Hey, the fall, the fall, the yeah, fall." Yeah. And and I was fighting him on it. I'm like, no, God, there's no way we're gonna, you know. At that point, it was like early July, mm. first week. And I'm like, God, it's, it's like it's the it's already July right now. We were supposed to be we we're gonna be out of town multiple right. weeks in in the summer with uh, trips that we'd already had planned. I'm like, there's no way. And God was like bet (laughs) like he always is he's like hold my sacramental wine (laughs) and so like he he he's like he made it happen in his time we were not prepared for it to happen that fast but it's been very clear that it's been his timing
2: Hmm.
1: and um, and so we've just been pushing forward and um, you know it's it's, there's so much that's been a catalyst of it I mean it goes all the way back to the journey that we've shared from the beginning of the podcast, mm-hmm. the, the, the beginning of our deconstruction journey, mm-hmm. um, being pastors in, in the prevailing model of, of, of Christian church, mm-hmm. um, becoming very aware of the, the shortcomings and the weaknesses that are inherent in that model, mm-hmm. um, becoming more familiar and becoming better students of the word. And just seeing the vibrancy of the early church and desiring that. Um, and, and, of course, all of that, like, put on steroids mm-hmm. through the pandemic mm-hmm. of actually having to and watching other people have to push into this quote-unquote alternative, these alternative uh, expressions or models of church, which mm-hmm. are, you know, actually...
0: Not as alternative. Not as, as <laughs> like, yeah. and, and, as they, and outside of the it. American bubble, it's right. actually,
1: this is the reality for the majority of the body of Christ globally. That's right. Like, hundreds of millions of Christians, that's right. uh like, live their faith walks in these expressions, mm-hmm. and yet, in, in America, we call it weird or alternative right. or... Progressive. Progressive or something. Right. And it's like, that's only in our context, right? Mm-hmm. And so, like...
0: Let you know, me ask you a question, because I feel like, I, I just... For anybody that's thinking this and it might be going through the same thing you're going through, what's the reason that we don't move necessarily when God says mm. like you know what I'm saying I
1: mean there's there's some there's so many reasons um I was we we were we were meeting with um, uh, um somebody from the office of the mm-hmm. uh, Pacific Northwest Conference of the Free Methodist Church because yes. It looks like we're going to be able to do what God has called us to do and come back under that umbrella which we were mm-hmm. under before a few mm-hmm. years ago, and uh, we're excited about that because we always felt like we would be back with them. Uh, love the Free Methodist family, and really excited to hear that the PNWC conference in particular um, is pushing into these quote unquote mm-hmm. alternative oh, forms wow. and stuff. Um, but but it, we I was anyway I was talking we were talking with uh, this lady from the office and and. It was just like, you know, the pandemic forced people, a lot of people, a lot of churches, a lot of Mm -hmm. pastors, a lot of Christians uh, globally Mm -hmm. into these non-mainstream forms of church. And and I think one of the things that came out of that that I hadn't really thought of before was it, it kind of... It took away the mystery that can often lead to fear. Mm-hmm. Like, people had all these opinions about why it wouldn't work, why it would fail, why it was impossible, why that doesn't work in today's world anymore. Yeah. And when they had to do it, they kind of looked around and realized, hey, this isn't... All the all the pitfalls right. and, and landmines that I thought were going to happen didn't happen. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow, you, you can build community this way. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow, like... God shows up in, you know, in these type, type mm-hmm. of patterns and perhaps, as I think a lot of people did, actually discovered a a new level of, like, excitement and passion and vibrancy in, in faith community mm-hmm. um, in these different expressions. And so, I mean, definitely one of the things is, is fear. Fear of yeah. the unknown. If you've never been exposed to it, it it's kind of like what I, what I deal with when I talk with people about, um, like, defunding police. Yeah. Right, uh, we have no framework for that in the United States. We've never tried it, never yeah. done it. Um, even though other countries have, we always resist the urge to apply anyone else's programs right. to us because we're America, we do things our own way. Mm-hmm. Right, Sc- screw the metric system, right? Right, like we, right? we do things our own way, right. and, and I, I totally agree that systems that work in other countries won't necessarily work here because of the mindset and attitudes mm-hmm. and the culture that we have, right. But we just don't have a framework for it. So, you know, people are just, they can't think about a society in which you have less police. Because it's just, just, even police officers, even police officers I know who are completely reasonable people and have a conversation with them, who will totally agree when when I make the, I'm like, hey... Let me just ask you this: What do you think has a mm-hmm. more positive effect on crime rates in mm-hmm. a community? A hundred thousand dollars spent on a police officer, or a hundred thousand right. dollars spent on an after-school program? Right. They all agree the after-school program. I'm like, okay, cool. So you're you understand how, what how defunding police works, and they're like, no. <laughs> so sometimes when you just have no context, right? right it's like when it, right uh, uh, when when people first thought that the earth came out and said the earth was round, right.
2: People no fought it for a long time because they right. just
1: had no context of That's right. when they f- when when astronomers try to say, "Hey, the Earth is in the center mm-hmm. of the solar system." Like mm-hmm. when you just don't have a frame of reference for mm-hmm. something, it mm-hmm. can be hard to understand. It's like somebody's talking to you in a foreign language. Right. You need a decoder ring. You need a translator. You need something to put each other on 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 on, on uh, in some kind of similar footing.
0: Are those still around decoder I'm rings? I'm sure they
1: are. I know I've been talking about this. <laughs> just it,
0: it was in my mind because I've been
1: editing the book and. I I have a little clip about Oh, for real? (laughs) Um, And so, yeah, the the fear is a huge one. And when you can't even understand how something outside of your realm of experience is possible, you're going to be afraid of it because you're you're like, I don't understand it. I don't know how it's going to work. I don't know if it can work. I don't know even if it's a good model if I can make it happen because I don't even understand it, right? Right, right. So all those questions create fear that kind of keep us grounded. Um, The other big one, Uh, that comes up that we're having to deal with is of course finances. Mm -hmm. There's, there's a security in the, the way that things happen. Mm -hmm. And and I'm just talking from pastoral sense right now, Mm -hmm. but I think for a lot of people, God, God's will will very, very rarely put us in a path that is going to be full of ease and comfort. I you. That was easy enough to repeat.
0: <laughs> you can remember right. that. You can yeah. repeat that.
1: <laughs> God does not often put us in paths that are going to lead us in That's right. ease mm-hmm. and comfort. I love like, that. Love period, it. Love right? It. And mm-hmm. so if we're attached to ease and comfort, if we're atta- whether it's financial, mm-hmm. whether it's social, mm-hmm. sometimes we find our ease and our comfort in the support systems we have around us That's in right. terms of relationships, our friendships, our hometown, stuff mm-hmm. like that. Um, our jobs... Um, all these different types of things and then God says go do this or leave it all behind and go do this like He did to Abram. Yeah. Like or hey I want you to I think we've talked on the show before about the guy I knew who God basically told him like every 10 years Yeah. you have to give up everything that you just sell your house quit your job Right. go where I send you and then start all over. That's that's crazy. So when God comes with that kind of stuff which is how he builds our faith which is how he tests our faith Um it's so hard to say yes to that if we're really attached to, yeah, you know, stability, comfort, mm-hmm. security. Which of course, that's what our entire, that's what the whole world system is built around. That's what our flesh is built around. So that's, security, that's comfort,
0: hard, knowing when your next yeah. meal is coming, that's from, a hard when your next mold to break from. out. Of. Right, that's a really
1: hard mold to break out. Of. Right. So I think, I think the comfort, security, mm-hmm. and fear mm-hmm. are like the three things that really keep us from saying yes to God because very rarely does he ask us to do something that's
0: going to be comfort that's going to further our comfort yeah that's going to make I us feel secure <laughs> I also feel like that once you said yes it gets easier to say yes for other things which is why this guy that you were talking about can go every 10 years to do something can give up what he's amassed all the friends all the whatever and just go someplace new mm-hmm. and just be like, okay, God, what do you wanting me to do here? Right. Um, just each time that he does it right.
1: and it works out.
0: Right. It's like, man, you did part the sea.
1: Yeah.
2: You
0: did uh, put that ear back on that guy. You know what I'm saying? It's like, it's not, it, it's no longer stories that you read about. It's actually happening to you right. because yeah. you've allowed yourself to say yes to God. Hey friends, it's Jesse from the Faith Chair team
1: and I wanted to let you know something that you might not know. You are why we do what we do. You are also the ones who make a Faith Chair podcast reach all around the world. If you're enjoying this conversation, and enjoyed other episodes of the podcast, we want to encourage you to like, subscribe, follow, and most of all share with those around you, so that we can reach as many people, as many hearts, and change as many lives as we can with these ongoing conversations about the questions that arise at the intersection of faith
0: and culture. My brother's story, my brother and his, his wife's story, leaving Seattle, going to the Philippines, and he, he always says, as much as I wanted to go to the Philippines, I didn't want to go to the Philippines. Mm-hmm. And he said, the crazy thing is, uh, I thought it was going to be easier because we were like doing what God wants us to do. But guess what? God didn't change the temperature in the Philippines. It's still 100 and hell degrees <laughs> out. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and I was like, wow, you're, you're, you're right. Like God doesn't call us to the next thing so we can be comfortable. He calls us to the next thing so He can grow us, mm-hmm. so He can help us be more like Him. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and like your late Taylor, it's stretching. I said, I love sacrificially. Love <laughs> sacrificially. That's
1: <laughs> if that's what we're supposed. If that's likeness and we're supposed to grow in that. then and guess what? As we grow, it's going to ask more yeah. sacrifice of us. More sacrifice. So, yeah, Christianity is. Is about embracing discomfort. It's not about finding comfort at all, right? I love it. I love it. So what? Talk about in the book, right? Yeah. Old Testament, the blessings of God were tangible Mm -hmm. because that's how He showed that these were the people, Mm -hmm. His people, in contrast to everybody else. Mm -hmm. And this is how He showed His approval. But when Christ switched it up from something earthly and tangible, and now to something eternal and spiritual, the game completely changed. And but even then, it's not that's not really true because again, you look at you look at what Noah went through, you look at what Abraham went through, you look at they what still have hardships, yeah. You you look at yeah, mm-hmm. all of the main characters in the Bible, Gideon, whoever mm-hmm. you want to point out, Esther, all of the main that's they right. all had to go through something and and come out the other side with faith in God, mm-hmm. right? They Dan- believed Daniel.
0: They believed that okay, he's not just somebody who we have to hear the 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 priests read about uh at at all the festivals and and our kids our boys have to memorize all these books you know what i'm saying this mm-hmm. is a real this is a real person yeah, yeah. um Job wasn't out there like right. yes god
1: take everything and all my family because i know you're gonna give me twice as much right, back right he didn't know that that was gonna happen right i feel he like was that's devastated the devastated and destroyed right
0: right <laughs> i feel like that's the thing right there that people think well Am I supposed to be praying for discomfort? Am I supposed to be asking God to mess my life up? And that's not what we're saying. What we're saying is although, if you're following him, yes. these things just the discomfort happens. Although, like the Although it's entirely
1: possible that you'd be better served asking for that than for asking for the You of, know what?
0: I I've heard people, I've heard the prayer, uh prayed before, God wreck me. You know, and I've even when I heard the prayer, I was like, "Man, should I say that? I don't know if we I should say that.
1: I think we've talked about it before. For right? real, that was in Maverick City Refin- Refiner's Fire, Refine Me, or whatever. But it's this like, was even back like, when you I lived know in New what York. You guys are right. singing like, you know what you're asking right, for, right?
0: But it's like maybe, maybe, yeah, because uh, if we really want to follow Christ, and I was thinking about this earlier this week as I'm listening to this uh, Rise and Fall of Mars Hill podcast." Um the, uh, uh, oh gosh, instantly. Instantly I lost what I was going to say. Because <laughs> I was thinking about not yawning and remembering what I wanted to say. But um, while I was listening to the podcast, I was like, man, the thing that we fear the most is not having an easy life. Or not having stuff the way we want it. And then Jesus comes in and says, mm, no, I didn't come for when I said I came that you might have life and that life more abundantly, it wasn't you could I I wasn't saying you can have uh comfort. Yeah. I wasn't saying that you could have um easy street. I wasn't saying that you could have your cake and eat it too. What I was saying was that you can know me in the glorious yeah. part of yeah. my of yeah. who I am. I was saying you, but can you also bake right.
1: a cake. Give it away to everybody around. Give it away you, to
0: everybody around you, and be full of joy because you did. That's because <laughs> you did it. And here's the here's the other side of that. He said, "But you also have to know me, in the death part too." Right. right. It's not just the glory; it's the suffering. Yeah. Paul said, "It's the the glory and the suffering." Yeah.
1: And the suffering is now, and the glory the, is later. That's right. And, and yeah. Right. Yeah. So, the suffering
0: is now; the glory is later. Yeah. And, uh, and I'm it like, is, man, it Lord. It is
1: our natural at least in our in our flesh our default yeah. natural aversion mm-hmm. to pain suffering discomfort and insecurity that is the number one barrier yeah. between us and obedience to God that's it because it will fight against God's will mm-hmm. every time and and, and, and that's, so fast that's so the, easy and that's the battle <laughs> and, that's, and that's the battle i mean yeah. even like like I said, uh, even when we became aware of what God wanted us to do mm-hmm. we, our our flesh then wanted to uh, make that happen in the most comfortable way right. possible, so even right. when we're trying to obey, we're trying to do it in mm-hmm. the flesh mm-hmm. and and God was like, "Nope, we're gonna do this real uncomfortable and it was funny because like you know we're like, okay, so <laughs> and we're still kind of asking the Lord, we're like, okay, so financially, how does this work going right. forward?" You know, at first we had this idea because we, we have a friend who runs a nonprofit. And we know that Jen could probably hit him up and, and get a job, like, tomorrow. Um, and, and pretty much re- replace the salary that right, we lost right. and everything would be cool. And we both had that idea. And in my mind, I was like, there's no way God's going to go for this. And sure enough, he was like, no. Yeah, he yeah, made yeah. it, like, really clear to both of us, no. Because yeah, yeah. that route required no trust of him required no discomfort for us mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right and, wow. and so it's like okay so we still don't know we're like okay god is this are we supposed to just trust you yeah. that the ministry is going to have what we need are we supposed to work part-time like what like what is it that you want to do and we're still we're still figuring that out yeah so um yeah so, it's crazy
0: so tell, tell us what it is that he that god has asked you guys to do
1: yeah yeah not not having been uh, intentionally uh, beating around the bush <laughs> or mysterious about it, but um, yeah, so uh, God is God has been leading us to to look at church outside of the box. And again, this is outside of the mainstream American box. Mm -hmm. Um, And the cool thing is, is as we pressed into it and had conversations, we realized it's not even as far outside of the box anymore because there's a lot of people. This is clearly a God thing because there's a lot of people having the same feeling and the same push from God, even in this area, all at the same time. Um, and, again, that's in no small part because of the mm-hmm. pandemic mm-hmm. has just opened the doors to this. But um, God is, you know, we are, basically, we are planting a, quote, unquote, church mm-hmm. um, that we're calling Tribe Church Northwest. Mm-hmm. And it is going to be a network of home churches. Nice. Um, and so it's going to be, if, any, if anybody tracks uh, Francis Chan, it's going to be uh, similar to what he's doing in San Francisco with his network down there. I think they have 17 home churches with, I think, somewhere around 250 members. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's so many benefits to it. I mean, obviously, it's having the tighter-knit, close-knit community. I mean, it's basically all the benefits that people experience from a yeah. small group setting, except for instead of it just being a small group, it's mm-hmm. a small group that's also engaging the totality of what it means to do church, to right. be church, Right. So it's not just, you know, we're studying a book together or we're studying some topic together right. or we're, we come together to do a particular task. Mm-hmm. It's going to encompass the totality of um, breaking bread together, yeah. you know, uh, communion, worship, prayer, studying the Word together. Mm-hmm. Not a talking head, but actually we're all participating and, and giving our supply yeah. to this journey. Mm-hmm. Um, intentional discipleship, where there's going to be you know those those groups that we we see it in scripture. Mm-hmm. Um, we I talked about it before. We see it in the systems of of uh, Methodism that John Wesley started. These smaller groups of two to three people. Mm-hmm. It's like your discipleship group. The people who know the nitty gritty. They know what you struggle with. You're accountable to. So are you actually living this stuff out? Right. Um, that we don't get from big church, right? right. Um, and, and there's there's. I mean, one of the coolest things about home churches is, like, you're removing not just the burden, but the drain of big buildings, administrative costs, utilities, all of that. And so one of the cool things I saw in an article about uh, Francis Chan's network is, again, 250 people, that's not Mm -hmm. a huge church. For sure. I mean, it's like like most people would see that as a larger church, definitely not a mega church. Right. In the world where in America the average church is 50 people, you know, it's a good-sized church. They were able to give three hundred thousand dollars to missions in two thousand nineteen. Why? Because they don't have to pay for anything. That's right. <laughs> the the ties and the offerings and the
0: donations and any fundraisers they do like what they can do could be on a large. Uh, as far as financially, it could be on yeah, a larger scale because yeah, they have no overhead. Yeah. When you look, when you look at people evaluate.
1: Uh, yeah. um, Charities, right? United Way, all all this kind of stuff, right? They yeah. They evaluated based upon how much of each dollar actually goes to the people you're serving that I'm yeah. donating for versus yeah. all the administrative costs, the overhead, all that jazz, right? And they get ranked according to this stuff. Organizations that can streamline it and make sure that more of that dollar is going, goes they get to, ranked higher. Yeah. Right. And that's that's essentially if we were doing the same thing, home churches would have a triple A rating on on BBB, right? <laughs> and it's and going mainstream it's church to to, systems right. would have an F because the average church probably at least half of your budget, half of your tithes and offerings are going just to pay your mortgage. That's right. And then, you know, you got utilities and electricity. That's right. Um, you know, you got to pay your staff and stuff. And so then at the end of the day, like money actually going into community, actually going into ministry, actually going into meeting felt needs of the which you will see in the New Testament, right? It's not this as much is what as the New Testament sure. church did, right. is like a minuscule percentage mm-hmm. of the church budget. Mm-hmm. There's churches that spend more on marketing, right, than they spend on, I mean, most of the churches, that the churches that it's I've been, been a, a part ton, of spend more money on ton, landscaping than right. they have in their benevolence fund. Right. Way more. Right. right. $1,400 a month mm-hmm. on landscaping and yeah. $1,000 for the whole year in benevolence. For, Like, that that's that's what church budgets look like in the mainstream system. So doing home churches allows us to basically flip that script completely. Hey, Faith Chair family. One of the really cool things that we're uh, planning to do for Season 3 is to feature local Christian artists. And this week, we are excited to feature the song, You Are Mine, by Glory Craig. You can find it on Spotify, Apple Music, wherever you stream your music. And uh, you're going to get the first half of the song, and then we're going to get the second half of it later on in the podcast. We're hoping to do this for you every week in Season 3, but we do need more submissions. So if you are a local Christian artist, if you know someone, have them send us an mp3 of their song to faithchairpodcast at gmail.com. Enjoy the first half of You Are Mine by Glory Craig. people's homes right we're sharing meals together um and so this this are that already helps on a couple of different levels and
0: and, that's that's crazy yeah that's a crazy statistic to know that um most well it's not a statistic but what you've seen as far as churches uh budgets and um their benevolence fund for the year For the year,
1: and I talk about in the book, like most of the church people I talk to, friends I know who are Christians, people who reach out to uh, you know us individually, privately asking Mm -hmm. for help, even within that system, most Mm -hmm. churches now, because finances are such a struggle for almost every church Mm -hmm. in America. Mm -hmm. Like you have to realize if if your church doesn't struggle with finances, like you're on the blessed end. Uh, most pastors are bivocational. People right. don't realize that. Um, most of the rural United States, you have multiple church congregations being pastored by one bivocational I mean, It's insane. Yeah. Right? If you're not struggling financially, like your church is, is super. And I don't even like, like saying blessed because it's not like the Lord is like absolutely. Poor and I I'm like, glad that you. But you're, you're probably in, just you you're just in a place right. where people are more generous, or you're in For a more sure. affluent area. For sure. And so that financial struggle has just such a toll, takes such a toll mm-hmm. that a lot of churches, the benevolence is only available to members of their church. Mm-hmm. So the benevolence is not even helping the community. It's just the folks in there. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, like, part of this home church model and part of the heart and desire before is A, first and foremost, obedience to God. This is the particular, other people are being led to completely different models of church, and mm-hmm. that's fine. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, we have friends who, through the pandemic, are pressing into completely online. And we're, I'm hoping they have, some, they have some stuff going on in their family right now. I don't know yeah. if you saw that. But we're hoping still to have uh, those those pastors on, on the show sometime in Season 3. Um, we'll see if that happens with, with everything that's going on. that awesome. We're going to be praying for them. They got yeah. some health things. But uh, a completely online church. Like, we don't we're not we're not it's not a temporary thing. They're not even trying to ever have a building. They're pressing into basically social media influencing for Christ. And it. they have like almost 16,000 followers. I right love now. it. I just, I love it. I, so, so not bad mouthing anybody else, yeah. but this is, so first and foremost, right. just this is, we're being obedient to what God has
0: called us to do. And I feel like that's where, uh, and that's what I talked about in, in my book, not, to a great extent, but I did talk about the fact that there's a general will of God and there's an individually specific will.
2: Right.
0: Uh, and I feel like, for the most part, churches have followed this general will of God, which is preach the gospel, which is great. But there's an individual, there's an individually specific way for people to reach the communities that they're in. Right. And I don't feel like they've done that to, you know... yeah. Th- yeah. You know, to a great extent we've, we've talked about it before yeah. like just the 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 fact that uh, prevailing
1: culture mm-hmm. gives both leaders and Christians this sense that each individual church ecclesia each yeah. gathering that we call a local church is supposed to have the fullness of the body of Christ expressed in it it's supposed to have be able to minister to er- anyone and everyone right. that comes through their doors. Mm-hmm. So regardless of whether you got fifty people or five hundred, you're supposed right. to have a children's ministry, a youth ministry, a seniors ministry, you know, an outreach ministry, yeah, uh, young adults ministry, you know, tech. Now you have to have streaming. It's just, yeah. I mean, when you look at the average church in America, it's, that's just impossible, right? Right. And so instead of like churches, again, like you said, in the specific. Calling of God and realizing, like, hey, we're really passionate, called, and gifted to reach this particular do, demographic. Right, right. And this is what we're going to focus on. And if mm-hmm. other people come through, that's awesome. They can join us or we can get them saved and then right. get them connected to a, a church in our community. That's right. Whose focus is them. That's right. Who's going to be able to that's feed right. them and disciple that's them. Right. And recon- and, and, but, but, again, what, what does that usually come down to? Money. The reason churches yep. don't do that is because each person that they can hold on to represents a dollar a, sign. Each
0: person, uh, and
1: and so again, so when you when you destroy all of this extra overhead and right. you do home churches, you remove all of that stress, mm-hmm. which also frees our motivation. Mm-hmm. It frees our motivation to be like, hey, if this isn't the fit for you, man, God bless you. we love you, welcome yeah. to the body of Christ. Let's talk about it. Let's get to know each other, yeah. and, and I'll bet I can find a place where you're gonna fit.
0: I think that is so brilliant because having the motivations not the motivation not change the core value not change, uh, and it stay about Christ um, is paramount. I was listening to just the last installment of the rise and fall of Marcel today, and one of the one of the um, guys in charge of media uh, who used to be there. They were on a trip to Turkey, and they were filming in Turkey for a series. And uh, just as I think Mark was reading uh, one of the letters that Paul had written to the church in Ephesus, um, he and another guy stood, were standing together, and they were watching as the sun was going down. and It was this beautiful sky, and the one guy said to him, it's like, bro, that letter is to us. He didn't. He he couldn't remember what which which letter it was as far as yeah. the address, um, but he was like in that moment I realized that Paul was writing that letter to us. We lost our first love. Mm-hmm. It, it it now is about Mark and is no longer about Jesus. And I was like, oh my God, but that's what it turns into when the motivation is unclear, right? Like when you're thinking about how much money you got to put into, like you said, the, the lights, the utilities, um, paying staff, all the other outlier things, that you don't even have to think about. Right. When you are going in the direction ABS, that you guys start Christmas
1: on. productions, Easter productions, marketing, like all, all that all that kind of stuff, right? <sighs> and and that's 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 been the question that yeah. <clears throat> even as we've been pressing into this, one, and, and of course. Uh, anybody who listens to this who's in ministry, you know that you know you have a wide network of relationships. And when they find out that you're available, your phone starts to ring yeah. a lot. And so we've had a lot of meetings and conversations and, and had to break a few hearts turning down a number of job opportunities already. <laughs> and, and uh, uh, you know, so it's fun and it's a little challenging at the same time. Brother, but, you were on my heart. But, uh, well, you know, the question that, I, that I've been... Because I've... It, it, so, back up a little bit more so the context of what i'm about to say is like in those conversations mm-hmm. um it was interesting the amount of pushback i would get because I, I could tell uh not even just intuitively but based upon exactly what was said that a lot of pastors had kind of a defensive reaction to us sharing what we were going to do
2: yeah
1: right um and and you know and so there was this this pushback of like well you you know that's just like small groups right like you can do that in the context of normal church and you know we'd love to you know support you guys in that and have you guys come on board you know all this kind yeah. of stuff right and it's just like you know the the question that I'm um, um, mm-hmm. kind of boiling it down to for yeah. pastors a lot of these guys great leaders right yeah. uh, they have a great heart for the community and they really want to do the best that they can't. They mm-hmm. want to be faithful stewards. They they are they're faithful communicators of the, of the gospel. Like people who want in circles like this, who would even try to call us, right, are on the up and up. Like you know, and so they're they're great people. Yeah. Um, But the, the question that is at the like the core of my heart is like, are in all of your programs and all the stuff that you're doing that you're doing you know really well and mm-hmm. you feel like you're succeeding. Um, And maybe people are getting saved and maybe people are getting baptized. But are you, and this goes back to what you said, are Mm -hmm. you teaching people to obey and follow the guiding of the Holy Spirit? Yeah. Or are you just teaching them to follow God's law in terms of being good people and Mm -hmm. teaching them to follow the leading direction of leaders, pastors, and to be good church attendants? That's what it boils down to. Because I think that... I think that by and large, even the best Mm -hmm. churches who operate within this mainstream model, for the most part, from what I've seen Mm -hmm. um, in listening to the sermons and attending the churches and knowing the people who attend the churches and what's going on in their lives, is that even the best churches, Mm -hmm. a big percentage of it is just being good people. Right. Following the general will of That's God, right. like you said, mm-hmm. which isn't bad.
0: It's it, right and when you don't know it's, what else to do. The not, general, general will is thing, great. The general right.
1: will of God, right? Um, and wanting to be good people, yeah. And wanting to serve and and let love people, serve their community. But when it comes to actually obeying God's mm. specific mm-hmm. will for their lives, they're not being taught how to do that. That's right. I mean, we understand this just from a doctrinal standpoint. Most churches are not even teaching. Christians how to follow the Holy Spirit because they don't even teach about the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. So then you look at scriptures that say things like the flesh and the Spirit are always at war with each other and we have to live a life led by the Spirit and you realize Christianity, discipleship in Christ is impossible without obedience to to the leading and direction of the Holy Spirit. So if we're not teaching people how to do that, Mm -hmm. then
0: we're we're teaching them how to follow somebody. No matter how it's not pure him. our heart is and that's our right. attention
1: is, we're teaching a faux Christianity. That's right. And and that's, I think, that's just the basic why. Because that's, that's the kind of disciple you have to create to support and maintain this big, ugly, monster model yes, that sucks up so much resources and turns those resources mm-hmm. into so little. So you guys are... You got the website, you got... Yeah, um, so the, the website is up, Tribe Church Tribe Church Northwest, uh, and that's NW. So when I say Northwest, I'm saying it's just NW. NW. It's NW. not spelled out. It's Tribe not spelled Church on. NW. Yeah, TribeChurchNW.com. Um, you'll find us on the Church Center app. If you have that, if you don't, mm-hmm. you can download it and you can register as a part of Tribe Church to access it. Mm-hmm. doesn't mean that you're a member. <laughs> it just means that's, that's how... Because Church Center is run through Planning Center and it's... Being used by lots of churches, so you have to get the app, sign up, and then pick which church you want to be connected with their information and stuff.
0: Very dope. Um,
1: it, it the website and the app very much marry each other. We got the bank account set up, right? Um, we were really blessed because we actually already had a Washington nonprofit that we had registered three years ago, that was sitting there. Oh. And all we had to do was change the name and file oh. for reinstatement of it because oh. it hadn't been active. We, we what was had, that for? So we had set it up mm. when Living Hope was transitioning, mm-hmm. and we didn't know yet if we were going to have a ministry job. And Got so you. we were kind of thinking, well, what if we set up this nonprofit and press into the work we've been doing with the youth? Right. So we set up this this kind of youth focused nonprofit. Mm. What was that called? Uh, it's called Tried for Truth. So you kept the tribe the tribe is a part of who we are. And in yeah. and, and tribe church, I hesitated a little bit because people kind of know us for tribe a lot. Um, that's what I've, we've called our youth ministry for the gotcha. last six years. Um, but but I thought it was really intentional because the definition of a tribe is a uh, uh, um, a group of multiple family units. And I'm paraphrasing here, but basically a collection of multiple family units mm-hmm. That um, all share a common heritage, um, purpose, belief system, or mission, and so I'm like, when we're talking about having a network of home churches, yeah. I'm like, this is literally a tribe, tribe church. Yeah, it's tight, right? It's um, tight. And so I was like, it's a, it's the perfect thing to define That's dope. what it is that we're doing. Um,
0: it's exciting. I was thinking about
1: reaching out to. Uh, pastor judah because i was like how perfect would it be for church home to sponsor home church
0: ah! <laughs> hey you never know but that's why i was you like we're know. not gonna
1: just call it home church so i was like you, know, you like, never know felt like tribe just speaks not only to exactly yeah. really what it is but yeah it continues to uh communicate like our heart and our attention
0: because he's on some new he's on some not new he's on new for america yeah. new for modern church uh, here in America, like how you were describing it, and 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 he's really wanting to press hard into yeah. the home church yeah. thing. They like they're talking about just yeah. meeting once a month. Yeah, collectively, and there's a lot
1: of churches doing that. Right, there's a lot of churches who are coming out of it and are like, we and our congregations actually loved the community yeah. that they built doing small group gatherings.
0: Yeah. I mean, uh, you during can't during the pandemic, and they can't don't get to want know to anybody. go back to
1: right. to doing this other like. It's funny, almost, almost universally. Yeah. And this goes back to a lot of things we talk about. Yeah, almost universally, the one thing that is at the core of every single person I talk to who's like, "Oh man, I want to get back to meeting in church," is corporate worship. Right. That's the one thing
0: they miss. When you can do that in your living room, though, right? I mean, you could, yeah, but if, it's not like yeah. the whole if you've only been watching church online and you yeah. haven't been
1: in any kind of small group, there's mm-hmm. people who are like, I want to get back to being with people or relationship, right. right, but even within that and everybody else included yeah. it always is just a corporate worship that's it, so it's almost like yeah. hey, we just did a worship night once a, once a month that's it, and just and did home churches
0: people would be cool right. that would be it would and it, it would be so dope. Yeah. my and my thing is is this you I can't get to know you as best. As I could, right. On a Sunday, yeah. Or a Wednesday, you can you can have four nights a week that you meet. Mm. Still, we're listening to you. You're one that one guy or that one person on stage, but we're not yeah. getting to know anybody. Yeah. Two, there's no food. So, <laughs> uh, and that was a huge part there's of the, no food. It's so funny because so
1: like my wife and I sat down. We call it the meeting of the governors because yeah. according to the. State paperwork, we are the governors of the corporation, right? Governor. Now. So we're totally using that title. uh uh-huh. Meeting of the governors. <laughs> you got to say it with Governa. a British Governa. accent, though. Yeah. Governor. Um, and, you know, we're, we're talking, we're kind of mm-hmm. game planning and visualizing, like, okay, what what is one of these meetings going to look like? And yeah. My wife had a great insight. She's like, you know, she's like, babe, all this is really great, but she's like, just remember, this isn't all going to happen all at once. Yeah. Because, like... This is countercultural to what most people are used to in um, churches it's counter to what most people are expecting.
0: Yeah.
1: And so we're I, and it was great advice because I, I, I think I was kind of putting the cart in front of the horse a little mm-hmm. bit. And then I was like, no, you're right. Like, we're going to have to build this culture layer by layer Almost by studying plane the, scripture in the air <laughs> and seeing how each one of these pieces is coming to us from scripture like and so you start off with the breaking the bread and mm-hmm. and then you, in Corinthians you had Paul chastising yeah. them because instead of the richer people providing more right. of the meal they right. were getting together earlier than the working yeah. people could enjoying their delicacies mm-hmm. and then and then there was not enough when everybody gathered and they were putting undue stress on those who had little mm-hmm. and he chastised. So it's like so even teaching that like, hey, if mm-hmm. you are able to provide more of the meal, please do so. Yeah, because that eases the stress on maybe some of our lower income families or right. families who have a lot of kids uh, where it's going to be stressful to provide yeah. for the meal. And so we want it yeah. to be welcoming for everyone. And so those who have, you know, more contribute. More. Yeah. And that's part of that's part of being a family right and and uh and just those kind of ideas so like that's the first layer because we're going to break bread together so you know that might be the <laughs> that might be the only thing we do intentionally at the beginning and then mm-hmm. build on the studying just scripture build together that, yeah. building on uh praying together because we're gonna have to teach and build that culture of confessing our sins to one another that we see in scripture right mm-hmm. um th- that's a huge part of discipleship and then Um, we've talked a lot about on the show how what we do in corporate worship doesn't really reflect what we see in scripture all the time Um, I can't not stop saying that and and it has become again a much larger piece of our Christian uh, walk and culture than we see in scripture at all and so you know so me and my wife are talking like how do we how do we build moments where we can teach and press into, like, a different form of worship. Worship, um, being silent with the Lord. Worship, mm-hmm. um, allowing people to spontaneously share their testimonies through song,
0: mm-hmm. even if
1: they can't sing.
0: Yeah.
1: You know, uh, that that's going to take a culture shift for people to mm-hmm. be comfortable with that because hey, what are we going to do with kids? Are
0: mm-hmm.
1: kids going to be a part of the community, a part of the group? And that yeah. means that we all have to get used to, Not getting distracted or frustrated with Mm -hmm. kids being kids. Mm -hmm. Because that's community. Like, when you get to with your family, you don't freak out like that. But at church, we freak out like that, right? And so it's like there's going to be a lot of unlearning Mm -hmm. um, and deculturalization, right? It's going to be, we're going to get shirts made with Yoda on it, right? You must unlearn what you have learned. I love it. And and, and that's the key to it all, right, is deconstruction Mm -hmm. is like you can't just have deconstruction because then you get right. left with nothing. Right. There has to be deconstruction and then intentional reconstruction That's right. to build um proper foundation and to build um I think we've talked about this once before in the in the scriptures when I think it's Jesus talks about it. He talks about, you know, there'll be the testing fire. Yeah. And it's funny that he says he doesn't it doesn't say don't build with straw and hay. Right. But the it's just like that's not that stuff isn't going to last. Right. So The idea is he just said from there a was a man who? yeah right. There's, there's a, <laughs> the idea is like you can't have too much of your structure be strong. Hey. Right. There it has to be built with things that are going to last, right. and so we have to reconstruct what we want church to look like, right. and because home church is going to be very different. Right. Um, it's it's going to require to all the sacrifice. Based upon what we saw in the New Testament, yeah. it's going to take time. Mm-hmm. And I think that was that was an important that was an important r- revelation for me to have. it's like, okay, Jesse, don't expect too much all at once. Yeah. Everybody who's going to come be a part of Tribe mm-hmm. Church hasn't been processing this for the last yeah. ten years, like yeah, you've been yeah, processing. Yeah. Not everybody's at the same stage of deconstruction. Mm-hmm. Maybe they haven't even started mm-hmm. yet. They just have that. I talk like I talk about in the book. You just have this like the matrix. You just right. feel like something's right. right. off. No, you right. don't even know what it is. You can't right. even put a name on it yet. And so, you know, we're going to have to make allowances for that, and so we can't expect the whole culture to be perfect or for right. everyone to understand this is all coming from Scripture right away. And so we're going to have to build that over time. And here's the second part of You Are Mine by Glory Craig. Enjoy. That's that's what we're doing, yeah. and we're still trying to we're still trying to find our way. It's kind of like we we have a we have a starting point and we have an ending point. We have mm-hmm. no idea what the journey in between is going to look like yet, <laughs> and feel I'm like... sure it's going to be totally different than what I even think it is now. Yeah, but uh, we're super excited about it. We're excited. My wife is in. T- I don't know. People who don't know us might take this like it sounds bad, but like we're excited to not be helping someone else's vision come to pass. No, yeah, finally. And to You're, be able to to be able to be doing what we feel like God has put in our heart. That is, and, and I hope I don't that's want right. that to sound like bougie or up, like nope. stuck up nose. That's right.
0: What it, Paul told Timothy he's like, look on your journey, and your when you come when you come in contact with other brothers and sisters in Christ, encourage them to stir up the gift in each other. Right. Um, that literally means. It, it, he doesn't say it but it is inferred mm-hmm. no strings attached yeah not you work for me mm-hmm. i i want your gift to be amazing so yeah. you can bring people to where i am and then i can you know kind of seal the deal as it right. were no it's i want you to be who god has called you to be and then go and flourish yeah. go and do whatever that looks like god has called you to do um and all I want is like I tell my friend's kids when they're like in any sport or their music um, they're doing great at music, I'm like, listen, I just want tickets. That's all I want. <laughs> all I want is tickets to And to maybe come to a your tribute show. video. <laughs>
1: maybe a tribute, maybe a, <laughs> like I wanna give my dad a shout out for no, I, starting me on this journey. Oh, my kids better do <laughs> that.
0: No, but um but think, yeah, that's it. You, I think that no strings
1: attached. I think that, that I mean I guess maybe even in my feeling about how exp- I express that, it shows like what so much of church leadership and mm-hmm. culture is really about is that it, it's about training people to help the leaders of that local church accomplish their vision Yeah. instead of what, what our role as pastors, right, pastors, teachers, prophets, evangelists, and apostles is supposed to be, which is equipping the saints for to the work, of the, the work ministry, of the ministry, which means that it should be the vision... God has put in their heart to go do. We should be Mm -hmm. teaching them how to do it, equipping them to do it, and then sending them to do it. But instead, we hold them, and we
0: teach them... How to help us get our thing. To be Oompa Loompas, basically. Right. Like... Right. Well, that's like this guy said from Mars Hill. It's become about Mark, and it's no longer about Jesus. Like... And I think we really have to be careful with that, and I love the fact that that you guys have gone through with uh, what you've gone through one of the main reasons why we started this podcast um because we knew something was wrong with what we went through like god is not not going to use it he's definitely going to use it but he's going to use it in a way to show us hey this is not how it's supposed to be done Mm -hmm. don't start off with good intentions and then let that wane like the the um, I can't remember what the law is called but it's all order eventually moves to chaos if it's not checked Right. Uh, we have to keep checking keep those checks and balances in place
1: yeah.
2: where
0: people can come and say hey I'm not sure like the text that I sent you I was like yo Jesse I don't know what's going on but I feel like this is moving too fast am I wrong you're like nah I'm glad you said that you know what I'm saying <laughs> yeah. or like um, the experience we had in New York we first started going to this church, and the pastor mentioned something about politics, and it was in a way that really like raised a red flag for my wife and I because we had just come out of a cult, and so Mariah was like, "Yo, I'm gonna email him and ask him about that statement he made." She was like, "Yo, can can people who aren't leaning uh right leaning come and be a part of this ministry and?" uh the next Sunday, when he saw her, he made a beeline for her. He was like, oh, my God, I'm so glad you sent me that email. Thank you so much. I'm not ever going to mention anything like that again.
2: Yeah.
0: I mean, having people like that, being a person like that, mm-hmm. that's like, you know what? This isn't about me. This isn't about what I like. Yeah. It's, a, it's really about equipping the saints to do what God has called them yeah. to do. Um, and it's really exciting to know people like you in Genesis are starting something like this because yeah. um, people get to see what um I, I have to tell the story uh I was listening finishing the podcast today the rise of Marshall podcast today and I'm just standing there at work and I just let out a dad gone and my co-worker was like what's up and I said uh I'm just finishing this podcast about you know this church here she's like church here. I was like, yeah, have you ever heard of Mars Hill? She's like, no, I don't know anything about churches. Like, it was huge here in Seattle. Right. She's like, ah, I'm sorry. I don't, I don't know. So I'm telling her that it's basically about this pastor that was here in Seattle who was manipulating people, this huge scandal. Um, and she was like, well, aren't all pastors like that? And it, like, I gulped, like my heart yeah. just sank you know what I'm saying? I was like, "Oh my God!" For this person to, first of all, not know anything about Mars Hill, not know anything much about church, but to know, except for the fact that in her mind she thinks, "Well, all pastors are manipulators."
2: Mm-hmm.
0: You know what I'm saying? I was like, "Man!" But for you and Jess you and Genesis to come out and do what God is called calling you to do, uh, you're gonna, you guys are gonna be one of the few, the remnant, like we've spoken about before. Who are going to let people know, no, we're not out here trying to... Like Andy Stanley always says, God doesn't want anything from you. He wants things for you. He's like, I don't want anything from you. I want things for you. Um, you guys are going to be a part of that. I feel like it's a small group of people. You know what I'm saying? That That's not trying to get anything, but it's trying to give. Yeah. And um, it, it, it excites me. Um, and I know it excites Mariah, too. We're we're excited for for you it guys. It's was, going to be dope. It,
1: it was funny, too, because, like, leading up to the 11th, July, um, I was preaching a lot about, you know, radical obedience, about <laughs> embracing <laughs> suffering, about, you know, and it was just like, okay, it's time for me to... You know and and that thing that uh, Roy said has been like yeah. bouncing around in my head like yeah. the whole professional Christian thing. Roy Dockery. Oh that, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, you know who we're gonna have on again for season uh, season three. Yes, love. Yeah. So uh-huh. Look forward to that. Um, Roy's dope, and um, yeah, it's just like okay, it's time for me to put you know to put my feet into this. That's right. My where my mouth is. Like, That's right. I can't be telling all these people. You know, to do that, and here I am, you know, getting paid full-time to, to be, you know, a church person, a God person. Like people, A professional right. Christian, right. for lack of a better term, right? I right. Mean, that's what we are, right? you you got an amateur until you get paid to do it. Oh. <laughs> and so it's just like, okay, you know, what? and again, that's one of those things, like, for pastors, it's like, yeah. okay, what are you teaching your congregation? When is the last time you did that? Right. In a way that really mattered, Right. And so Sweet. I'm like, okay, so yeah, God's like, mm, this is how, this is how it's going to go. Right. And I'm not going to let you take the route, like I said, that's right. That's going to make this comfortable for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're going to have to trust me and mm-hmm. uh, you're going to have to learn, you know, and one of the cool things has just been Gentile, a lot of peace in this, which is that's awesome. unusual for her in situations like this. And so she's been like, oh, you know, I just have a lot of peace and I'm yeah. like, that's good. Just trust trusting the Lord um, along the way. Like he knows he knows we got a brand new mortgage. He knows we got a car payment. Yes, he does. But, um, you know, I don't I don't I don't know how, you know, we're gonna pay for the next two years of Jen's schooling. Yeah. Um but he knew all that before yeah. he told us to go and he's never surprised. Um and so, you know, we're just, just trusting him and, and we're gonna see what happens and we're gonna do what he tells us to do and um yeah, man, we're 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 excited for it. We're excited. So
0: dope. Tribe it's, Church N W. Yeah, make sure you check them out. Make sure you check them out.
1: It's gonna be. It's interesting because I like. I keep thinking back to our conversation with uh, uh, my law school friend Jesse Hart too. Like,
2: mm-hmm.
1: The more pastors I talk to, the more even the even the pastors who are not embracing or even looking to do any of these alternative models mm-hmm. again for lack of a better term I haven't figured out what to call it yet um uh they, it, just people have this sense that like churches we know it is over yeah. and the things are going to continue to change rapidly um and I've shared before like I again I don't <laughs> I haven't felt it in the sense where I'm gonna try and say, "Thus saith the Lord." Right. But I feel very strongly that, then again, the church is not is going to lose its five hundred one c three status yeah. sooner rather than later. Yeah. And it's interesting to see that the churches are who are trying to fight to have the most political impact to stave that off are the ones that are digging their own grave. That's it's, right. It's like you said, it's the very politicalization of the church mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. is going to cost it its non-profit That's right. status That's right. because 501c3s are n- not supposed to comment mm-hmm. on active elections. Mm-hmm. And what has happened for the last eight 12 16 years i mean longer than that but like prominently in with right, social media right. for the last probably 12 now 16 we know. Years,
0: the last three or four presidential right. election cycles that has not been true like mm-hmm. technically it is so crazy and i'm i'm glad you said that and it it's like all of the corporations of uh, uh, the corporations blockbuster and um all those movie stores mm-hmm. i can't remember we had west coast video um yeah, coast in, video. in new york you, y'all had that
1: I don't know. If we had West Coast. We had Hollywood video and Blockbuster. So those are two I
0: remember. Okay. And we had West Coast video and Blockbuster. When Netflix came out, they were all like, "They're not going to last." They literally said those words. Netflix is not going to last. No one, this is not going to catch on. Um, and it's not, the crazy thing about that statement is that things have been changing since the beginning of time. Yeah. People have been saying that's not going to work. We've been doing it like this, and this is this has worked perfectly and then that person decides to step out and do it differently and they see it not only works but in most cases works better yeah Yeah. Um, and seen, these I churches mean, sound like the CEOs from Blockbuster and <laughs> West Coast yeah. video and Hollywood uh, video are you guys kidding me yeah
1: I, yeah it's and crazy. I was I was talking I was talking with some pastors and I'm like look the, the thing is too about like we have to realize you have to prepare good businesses, prepare mm-hmm. to, for what's coming. For what's comes, coming, right? that's right. And so I think in a lot of ways, that's kind of where we are with like digital church, online church mm-hmm. that everyone got pushed into during the pandemic because mm-hmm. we're not quite there yet to where it can be a, a, a prominent, Right. I don't right, say right. dominant because I, th- I don't think it's ever going to become the dominant, but a prominent right. um, method of church. But you have to realize like the generation growing up right now, hangs out with their friends less than any generation ever has before because they get online, They're online with and them. they hang out with their friends playing Call of Duty. That's right. So they are very comfortable. And, and, and or Sims or whatever that game is. There's been studies that have Minecraft. come out that have shown how these generations growing up with these new technologies, their brains are literally wired differently. So for us, we yep. can't conceive and in some ways can't really experience mm-hmm. digital mm-hmm. community. That's right. Because it doesn't it, doesn't it compute. doesn't compute <laughs> Funny. with the way our brains are wired. <laughs> right. Yeah, no pun intended. No pun actually intended. With <laughs> right. But for the next generation, it's going to be totally natural, and they're going right. to be completely comfortable mm-hmm. with having online community That's right. and not having to see people's faces, and 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 having friendships and real life happening digitally. And so I think. But, in that but what's way, the
0: constant? Everything else changes around the one concept, which is community. Community, people needing community, is never going to change. Right, are always we're going for. to need that. We're, we're always going to need that community and relationship with God.
1: And so, yeah. as long as whatever the model is, as long as you're providing that, yeah, right. And I think that's a lot. Again, that's a lot of times where um, big church, mm-hmm. right, uh, building centered, Sunday morning focused church fails. Because 100%. because the community, even when people are super nice, and friendly and welcoming, like you said, you don't get to know anybody on a Sunday morning, and so you have people who go to church together for years, right. decades, even who barely know anything right. about each other. And the bigger the church, the more that's common. That's right. Um, and so, you know, you're going to see these different models addressing some of these shortcomings and needs, and increasingly, and I think yeah, when things like five hundred one C three status. And there's going to be an involuntary shift yeah. for a lot of ministries that yeah. just uh, that just can't function. There's churches barely scraped by right now that will have to close those doors even though they have paid for buildings right. when, when they no longer are tax free. Right. You've got big churches with massive mortgages who are not going to be able to handle the taxes once they're no longer nonprofits. There'll be some churches that are are big enough. To that they can handle do it, it. And yeah. Because the, and probably because, the, well, some of them are just big enough. Right. Some of them are in that sweet spot where they're big enough to and have a paid-off building. Yeah. To where they'll be able to handle it. But but probably seventy-eight, the 70, 80% of churches that are less than 100 yeah. people Not and be who able have to. a shoestring budget, the model's going to have to completely change. And God is preparing <sighs> us now. Because here's here's the thing that people aren't looking at, too, is... The small percentage of people who are pressing into these different mm-hmm. models now
2: mm-hmm.
1: are training the next generation of leaders. Yeah, and so you know, if there's 50 of us, we can produce 500 leaders That's right. ready to lead the church as it's going to exist of in the, the next, next generation. generation. That's right. And so you know, it doesn't have to be a ton of us, but again, like we said at the very beginning, the most important thing is: are we being obedient? Yeah, to the specific leading of the Holy Spirit. What is it that He wants? You to do, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, separate from the generalities, yeah. separate from what everybody else is doing. What is he calling you to do? And if we're not being faithful to that, then we're failing.
0: Yeah, man, mine isn't as in depth as yours. <laughs> we just might be moving. <laughs> what hasn't happened yet? We just might sure, be moving. So. Uh, well, I will. I don't know if we told you this, but we were supposed to. Our right, so our landlord was going to. Kick us out by July. It is now August. Um, even though our lease isn't up until April twenty twenty. Two. Two uh, t- 22, Yeah, thank you. She wanted us out because she can get a substantial amount for this house and without having to fix it up and all that stuff. So we were like, hey, we can't. We can't leave. Our lease is up in twenty twenty two, of April. We literally just renewed it uh, three and a half months ago. Uh, four four months ago and and you want us out just because you can get some money for it? Um at least give us some time. We can maybe leave at the end of August. And she was like, Okay. Um after a couple of um emails going back and forth, she finally agreed to let us stay until February. So oh, wow. okay We'll be here until February if nothing happens with the news uh, of me uh, mo- of us moving to Atlanta and me getting a the job there um, at the church down there. so we had the opportunity to um, interview for a job at Buckhead Church down in Atlanta. Um, and you guys have pro- I might have said it on, on the podcast after I resigned um, from my former post I would never work at a church again
1: unless it was <laughs> unless it
0: was Andy Stanley's church and um, sure enough lo and behold they called and it was a—I was joking the devil came and said Duh! I will make I will give you all of these kingdoms."
1: <laughs> sorry y'all that's just me <sighs> Coming to terms with my best friend maybe leaving
0: town, so I almost fell off this chair. <laughs> oh goodness! The devil got me that job. No, um, uh, it's it's funny because I was joking at the time when I said it had yeah. had no clue that it, it could ever be possible. God was like, "Hold um, my
1: sacramental wine." <laughs> right? Again, hold
0: my sacramental wine. But honestly. And we haven't even mentioned that. Did we mention we were doing a documentary? I think we did, at one point. Yes. Uh, on on here, but we're doing a documentary, and and two of the people that we wanted to interview that we added to our wish list uh, were was Andy Stanley and and Judah Smith. And at the time we added them to the wish list, we didn't know how we were going to get in touch with either of the of these guys, and. Uh, Within the span of, oh, I guess we started planning in 2020. We put their names on the wish list in, in 2020. January 2021 hits. We don't know in our meetings. We still don't know how we're going to meet them. We're yeah. talking about just cold calling them and, and yeah. stuff like that. And then in April. Jogging by their houses. Right. <laughs> just like staring in their windows, you know. Um in April of 2021, literally have a contact, one degree, not even two degrees of separation, one degree of separation, with both of these guys, yeah. um, and it was all, not because of anything that I did, mm-hmm. just just people that we met, just so happened yeah. to, just so happen to know these folks, and um, so I get the job offer down in Buckhead. And we go to visit, and I literally meet Andy Stanley. He he only goes to Buckhead to the Buckhead campus twice a month, Um, and but this particular Sunday he was there because Clay Scroggins, who was the campus pastor, was resigning, and so he was um, helping with that transition. And uh, my wife and I got to speak with him at length about the transitions happening, about uh, me coming down, and um, it was crazy. Um, so now we're waiting to hear back as to whether or not that's going to happen. Um, even before we go down though, for this interview, we are a part of church home home groups and the guy who's, who leads our particular group used to be, uh, in Judas Smith's youth group when he was a youth pastor and he mm. was, he was like, they were really good friends and um, he found out that I was a worship pastor, and he was like, "Hey, we're we're trying to do a campus where we meet once a month in King County for South King County, and we we're I was wondering if you would like to apply to be the worship pastor." And I was like, dadgum. gum." I said, "I would never work for another church." <laughs> I gotta be a man of my word. Oh goodness! <laughs> I gotta have integrity. Can't can't do it, but. Um, literally get there. So we go to meet the, the their band and their team. And um, uh, we meet Elijah Waters, which is, he's like the executive pastor. Uh, he and. That's a super cool name. Elijah Waters. It Elijah is. Waters. He's actually a singer too, so yes. it, it works. He got he's got a stage Elijah name. He's got the stage name already. That is the most
1: gospel name.
0: Very. And he actually led. Uh, did the music that day that particular Sunday we were there so a lot of cool things are happening and um, it's crazy how both of these guys are right in the middle of a deconstruction themselves um, like Andy's had a, a, a whole slew of people leave North Point um, because of decisions they made about masks and um, Uh, social justice issues and political issues. A ton of people left. Same thing with Judah. A ton of people left um, because um, he's thinking about just doing home groups and meeting once a month. And people are like, no, but I got to have my church. I got to have my... And he's like, I'm not trying to... He's like, the building isn't the solution. You know what I'm saying? And so um, it's crazy... That those came up as possibilities for for us, you know, paths to walk down for us in the future um, when I don't even want to necessarily work at a church again. But at least these folks are thinking, they're already thinking outside of the box, they're already thinking alternative. Yeah. Um, I can't
1: even imagine, like, you know, talking about things that keep you from doing the will of God, like... yeah. There's a whole nother pressure on yeah. pastors of organizations of that size. Right. Because they know how people are going to react. And they, so they know need, exactly. Like, you have to look around at your staff meeting and be like, I know that if I do this, I'm going to have to probably lay half of y'all off. Right. Like, these are people you love, people you care about. Right. People who are bit part right. of your family. Right. In a lot of ways. And it's like, that's just the reality. And so it's like, you have all, you have that. Yeah. All of that emotional baggage. Yeah. Uh, fighting. What you feel like God is telling you to do, mm-hmm. and you can understand how it can be so easy mm-hmm. to settle, to even convince yourself, no, yeah. that was just crazy, that was a pie dream. I ate too much pizza last night, like you know, <laughs> with you know, chocolate on top. It's like you know, we are we're we're building the kingdom, we're saving souls. God is yeah. cool with what we're doing uh, because you don't want to hurt people, right? Who you care about, mm-hmm. and you know that that. Doing what God wants you to do is not going to sustain this big giant thing, right?
0: And it's almost like if if we're equipping them the way we're supposed to equip them, when things like this come up, they should almost be expecting the change. They should also be they should almost be expecting okay, it's about to get uncomfortable, but this well, like is what said, we were built for. Yeah, yeah. If we're training right. them
1: to hear the Lord and obey Him, right. then they should be like, yep. do it. Yeah, do do what you my gotta job. do. I trust God's gonna take care right. of me. Right. Or you know what? This need to happen because I feel like God's calling me to do this right. thing. Right. Right. You know, and, and it shouldn't even it shouldn't be even be about that. It shouldn't. But again, there's so much, so many other motivations. Mm-hmm. There's so much. What do they call it? Mission creep that happens, and it's not because people are bad. Yeah. It's not because they have bad hearts or bad intentions. Mm-hmm. In fact, I think a lot of times the mission creep happens because people are really, like, these are people who are really have a heart for people. They're driven, yeah, and, in that way. And, and so the mission creep comes in the care and the love for mm-hmm. people, and, and but it starts to veer away from yeah. God, like we said, because God doesn't lead us into comfort. Um, you know, and he
0: doesn't, here, I have this on my phone, I don't know if you've seen it, but uh, I heard it, I I heard it from a friend of mine back in New York. Uh, one of my staff buddies at the church we were at in New York. Um, But I'm pretty sure he got it from, it was either Andy Stanley or Perry Noble. I can't remember. It was somebody. But he said, Jesus is the answer, not me. And that stuck with me. I was like, holy stinking crap. Because I have the tendency, <laughs> I have the tendency Can to. we th- say that? Did <laughs> <laughs> we say holy stinking? Ah, it was the stinking part that that, <laughs> that people would get offended. But I have the tendency to think, and we might have talked about this before, I think in season one um, with the gifts of the Spirit, that, well, I have the gift, so I must be the answer. So mm-hmm. I must be what you need. You know what I'm saying? I yeah. have uh, the provision right i'm the provision and and that is where when you said mission creep it's like i feel like that's where it comes in we feel like okay i'm the i'm the one yeah i must be the one i must be yeah. the answer i must be the provision yeah. his, um, church, becomes his church. church becomes my church his church becomes my church his people become my people that's right and I, I have that on my phone. Jesus is the answer, not me, because I can follow to very easy. Jesus becomes the community needs us. That's right. Or the community needs to hear my message. That's right. Or the community if needs- I don't preach, then they won't. If I don't yeah. speak, then they won't. If they don't see me, then they won't. No. I think We talked about this before. Like um,
1: We ran into that with a non-profit organization yeah. that I was working with, and they kind of came to this realization and yeah. and and had a lot of fallout because yeah. of it, because they realized they had even in their staffing, had hired yeah. people who were passionate about uh, community needs mm-hmm. but didn't weren't carrying the gospel side of it, yeah. weren't carrying the relationship with God in a healthy way side of it.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, and that their mission had creeped from, like, we can, we can fix every social problem in the world and people are still going to go to hell. Yeah. So, like, yeah, let's do all this, but it all has to be couched within yeah. the message of Christ um and 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 they had to they had to course correct and it was a painful process. They went through a number of years with a ton of turnover trying mm-hmm. to reground their yeah. culture yeah um, as, a, as an organization yeah and it's just and again, there was nothing evil or manipulative mm-hmm. or conniving. It just about it off their court host. yeah it, it just it, 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 we have to be intentional about staying uh, focused on what it is God is calling us to. Because even the best intentions can lead us astray right. when we start to try to accomplish things in our flesh, right?
0: I, I know that all too well. So, I'm sure a lot of pe- people listening know that. Yo, could you guys just pray for Jesse and I um, as we will pray for you in whatever you believe God is calling you to do in just this next chapter of both of our lives? Yeah. Because um, we need him. We, we needed them before. Uh, we we need them especially now as we're moving into this new thing, because um, like Jesse was expressing, they don't know what it's going to look like. We don't know what it's going to look like. I don't even know if Buckhead or North Point is going to exist like we know it, you know. And by by Christmas time, I have right. I have no clue. Right. Um So, uh, but we do know that there's something that God has called us to do. Something. Something else that God has called us to do. And uh, we want to be faithful uh, as best as we can while we're here on earth with the life that he's given us. To do what it is he's called us to do. Um, I, that's why That's why Jesse is going to be a staple in my life regardless of where we go. Because he's the person that with all of his heart wants to follow God for the rest yes. of his life. Um, and I want to be surrounded with pe- by people like that. Um, Cause it'd be easy for me to be like, I'm gonna do what I want. <laughs> you, you know, so it'd be easy right. for all of us to just say we're gonna do what we want. But having people around you that are determined to um, follow in Paul's footsteps, following Polycarp's footsteps, and Origen, and um, 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 what's her name? Um, the lady that was pre- wore white uh when she prayed for people um i can't remember her name uh but follow in the fathers and 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 mothers of the faith that that decided living for themselves was no longer something they wanted to do um so yeah that's that's where we are and um so yeah man wherever wherever we go you still gonna be in my life (laughs) even if it's tacoma i (laughs) am like stink on your socks Come on. So where can people go if they have any questions, if they have any show topics, if they have... Well, it's too early now, season three, episode one for hate mail, but people people want to get in touch with us. Where can they go? Yeah, you guys can contact us
1: on the social media platforms. We're on Facebook. We're on Instagram. We're on Twitter. Um, and you can contact us there. You can also email us um, Podcast at gmail.com boom again that's faithchairpodcast at gmail.com no the at the beginning just faithchairpodcast you can contact any one of those ways um, we'd love to hear from you uh, we always appreciate it when we get um, you know positive feedback and yes. reactions and people letting us know what the show means to them and how it's helping them yes um, we we love show uh, suggestions um, if you if you have a guest suggestion or if you're someone that you think has Something to talk about and would like to be a guest on the show. We'd love to hear from you. Absolutely. Um, and, uh, yeah, we're, ex- we're excited for another season. We're going to be trying to do s- some things a little bit different this season. We're going to see if it happens, try to feature yeah. some local artists yeah. and music. Should be cool. As opposed to just generic stuff. So Should be cool. We're going to see if that will work out. At least a few episodes we yeah. know will. Yeah. And, um, and uh, just continue to try to bring you guys stuff that uh, matters
0: yeah. and impacts you. so. Peace. Y'all have a great weekend. We'll see you next time on The Faith Show. Thanks Thanks for for listening. listening. Join us next time. Yes, please join us next time as Jesse and I continue to answer questions that arise at the intersection of faith and culture.